This week, we're going through the book, Call to Be Creatives with Jesus. When I think about the social media and all the ways we are the center point of our photography, film, and our social media platforms, it's easy to become self-absorbed and want everyone to look at us. I hope this book will help us think about creativity in a way of glorifying God and telling his story. Hope you enjoyed the sermon. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your discussion. And, and I think that when we look at what creativity has meant for this generation, we've all become creatives. We've all learned how to take photos. Uh, we know what angles to use for food versus people. The iPhones use, made it easy with their portrait mode. And then we've all become videographers as we put down stories for our friends, as we make TikTok videos. And um, oftentimes, whether it's photography or video, we are the star, right? We're the person that all of these films and creative works are centered on. And so I really find this book relevant because it speaks to this whole generation. Uh, We don't need to be in the creative field to value creativity. So as we look at the story of scripture from Eden to the new earth, um, we think about how creativity has always been a part of who we are in Eden, but more importantly, how God was the first creator. Everything we create is really uh, creating after the creator. We use his materials. We use his beauty. Uh, we use, we use what, uh, what he's already made to create. And then we think about how fall disrupted creation, took us off of God onto ourselves, and then how how God had restored creativity through Israel, Jesus, and us, and then the full completion of his creative work, and us being able to complete our creativity on the new earth. You know, I love this timeline because it really helps encapsulate scripture if, if you don't know scripture well, you might just feel like things are kind of placed randomly. But these are the major movements of scripture that might help you frame the entire Bible, but also for our purposes to frame our occupations. And so I know there's occupations I haven't been able to hit in our stories, and I, I hope we're able to do that through the years. But as you go through the series with us, um, I hope that you start thinking about teaching or engineering, or being a pastor through these creative movements or through these large movements of scripture, uh, business and agriculture. How was it meant to be in Eden? How did the fall disrupt it? And how did God call people into those occupations all the way through history so that what we're doing is a part of a larger narrative? So this is our last sermon, but I hope that even if you're not in Um, the healing profession or justice or creativity, that it would have brought a larger context to your um, um, occupational field. And we hope to, again, help hit all these occupational fields over the lifetime of our children's books. But we also have 8,000 to sell. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't know whether we just try to empty our warehouse or keep writing. But anyways, pray for us. The first, um, as all of our books, we start in Eden, and we start with the phrase, in the beginning. But maybe it's more prevalent here than in all the other stories. It says, in the beginning, I created all things out of nothing. 
I painted the sunset with streaks of gold and pink. I sculpted mountains with snowy peaks and trees with leaves so green. I taught the birds to sing and the deer to leap. I lit up the galaxies with blazing stars and filled the oceans with turquoise and emerald waves. And finally, I made you. I created you. I created all of these things to show my splendor and draw you towards me. I made you like me so that we can create together in the Garden of Eden. And so in the first book of the Bible in Genesis, we see all the ways that God created. I mean, him as a creator is displayed magnificently in that first few chapters. And then he invites us into it. He, he gives garden, the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve to start their creative journey. But they had the whole earth to, uh, cre- to create out of, to have dominion over. But in the next slide, we see us walk away from Jesus. And this is always one of my favorite pages of the book. Zach does this so well. Uh, Jesus calling out to um, our main character through trees as she hides and walks away. Also, um, Priscilla and Elaine are, and Nina are our main writers. And by the time we got to our third book, I actually was super hands-off. Um, I just threw my name on the cover, you know, but they did all of the heavy lifting and I just think it's so beautifully written. But one day you decided you didn't want to follow my ways and you chose to go off on your own. We were separated and you had to leave my beautiful garden. The colors of the flowers wilted and faded. Sometimes you sang the wrong notes or all the time if you're me and fumbled when you were trying to dance. Your hands got blisters when you were trying to sculpt. You ran out of resources and time when trying to build. You created for money and fame and your selfish ways. You forgot that it was meant to honor me, your creator. This is actually my favorite um, drawing of, of all of Zach's work. I think it's awesome. It made me sad to see your creativity for the wrong reasons. You lost sight of my power and created lifeless idols to worship instead of me, who gave you life. You tried to build a Tower of Babel to glorify yourself and forgot about all that I had given you. So I gave you inspiration to use your knowledge and kinds of skills to worship me, the ultimate creator. And so in the fall and after it, we see the greatest effect of creativity is that we would use it for ourselves or we would use it to build idols of ourselves instead of worshiping God with our creativity. And then at the end, we see Jesus in the redemptive story start to call people into his creative work um, in the Old Testament. So it says, you created my temple with walls uh, carved with flowers and pillars coated with in gold. Melodies to praise my goodness and faithfulness flowed from your lips. You wrote poetry as sweet as honey. The streets were filled with dancing and joyful um, chant, um, clashing of cymbals. And there were still times when you forgot the purpose of creating and you forgot about me. I think some of the things that really stuck out to me as I was looking at this building of the tabernacle or the building of the temple later with Solomon was how God would call specific people and then 
give them gifts in order to fulfill this building of the temple and tabernacle. That even in the Old Testament, God was calling artists. You know, his call isn't just for pastors and missionaries. He calls all of us into all of these different occupations in order to fulfill his work. So when you think about your creative skill, when you think about, uh, especially if you're in the creative industry, do you see it as a calling from the Lord? Do you hear his purpose and his voice behind him drawing you into creativity, giving you interests and skills, and for the purpose of glorifying him. Next, we see Jesus comes da- coming down. So I, the creator, came down to be with you, my creation, because I love you. I wanted to renew the purpose of your talents and help you understand what is truly valuable. I use wood to build tables for families to connect and share meals with one another. He was a carpenter for most of his life, so we assumed he built some tables. I told parables that taught you to love your neighbors and use your gifts wisely. The crashing waves and roaring winds knew me as their creator. They listened to my voice and were calmed. I saw every person and wanted you to be treasured because I made you my image. I died on the cross to forgive you for all of your sins and for using your voice and hands to worship things other than me. I rose again from the dead on, in three days to restore beauty in all mankind. I give you a purpose to use your gifts with me to, for a more beautiful world. And so we see Jesus' life filled with creativity, that Jesus himself, he was the Logos as God spoke creation into being. Jesus was in that very process in him being the very words of God. And then he comes to earth as man and in his divinity, he would speak and the oceans and waves recognized the voice of the creator. And then we think about his first 30 years on earth as a carpenter and, um, and him creating, you know, I don't know, houses, um, tables. I don't think they had chairs the way we knew it at the time. Most of them sat on the floor. But Jesus' Jesus' occupation had this creative uh, space to the way he spent most of his life. And his storytelling, his parables were so creative. And so when we think about creating, and as we think about kind of all of these occupations, we realize that Jesus was the first creator. And we are imitating him as create as a creator. And then in his earthly ministry, he also created. And so as we create, we are an extension of his earthly ministry. And so he invites us, it says, a crafter to use our hands to form pieces of art that fill homes as small reminders of me every day. An architect to design buildings using the materials I've given you to create communities where neighbors become friends. A storyteller like me to write books with imaginative worlds and wondrous adventures of bravery and friendship. A photographer to capture the majesty in moments I made for you, like the rushing river plunging into a mighty waterfall. An actor or director to create movies that help others see my image and people who are different from you. A musician using melodies to connect hearts together through songs of sadness, love, and joy. You know, if I think about 
any medium that um, is impacting and furthering God's kingdom uh, in exponential ways. Art and music, film are just the most amazing extensions of sharing the gospel, of sharing God's truth and goodness in ways that we've never had access to in the past. I think part of my motivation for building a team to write books and illustrate is because it's far more reaching and far more permanent than what I could do in a traditional Sunday service, right? On a pulpit, preaching to an audience, but um, but but there's this kind of limitation to that. We've already sold over a thousand books, right? So in the hands of children and young adults are works that might last um, for years to come. When I think about all of these churches being pushed to go online like we are, um, it, there's this amazing opportunity to go way beyond uh, our church walls, to show up on the Facebook feeds of thousands of people. But then I think about all of the social media outlets our community has in our Instagram, in our um, Snap, TikTok, Facebook. How far-reaching is, is the Renew community? And if we're able to tell stories about God, about his goodness, about his values, how many people can hear about him? And then for those of you who are in photography, for those of you who are in film or who are writing stories, um, it's, it's kind of humbling to think about the impact that's possible through your work. And when we thought about what it meant to be a, a creator, uh, a creative it doesn't necessarily mean that we are always, you know, using Jesus's uh, stories or saying his name or writing worship songs. But I think about Philippians, where where, God, where Paul exhorts us, exhorts us to think about what's true, what's good, what's noble, what's lovely, and to bring that to the world, right? So when I share a story of Levi, like eating, you know, and loving food, um, and kind of sharing about how much I love being a father, like how engaged I am as a dad and, and how in love I am with my child. There's value behind that that is aligned to the Lord, right? Versus someone who feels like kids are, are ankle weights or um, living a single lifestyle when you're actually a parent and, and, and being home with your kids um, is more important, right, than being out with your friends. So there's a lot of beauty to life, of nature, of falling in love, of um, people getting married that display God's wonder and beauty in ways that are aligned to him and, and are still creating for him. Uh, there's just so many storylines, I think, that fit into the larger narrative of Scripture and that make people long for the Lord. I think beauty and goodness and truth, when we follow its trail, we find Jesus, you know? And so anytime we're portraying those things and, and lifting those things, we're able to allow people to find the Lord. So, so maybe the difference is like one of my favorite TV shows, Breaking Bad, where you see the really severe consequences of drugs. You know, there's that one season with that drug drug couple and the way that they portrayed their addiction, the way that their skin is rotting and, and that their whole lives is centered on another fix. I think that's like 
God glorifying because it's taking a sin and showing its truth versus another movie where like beautiful models are snorting cocaine and just having a blast with no consequence, right? Do you see that difference? So when we allow, even if we're looking at the ugliness of the world or we're looking at uh, things that are sinful and allowing the truth to come out, that is displaying uh, God's glory. That is speaking to um, the story of, of Scripture. Uh, when I see stories of sacrificial love, someone putting themselves um, and giving up their life for another, I just think, oh man, that's like the story of Christ, you know? So there's so many ways we can display art, do film, uh, shoot photography in real and gritty ways or capturing beauty that are able to uh, point to the Lord. And so that's my maybe call for us um, as creatives. And then I think about Jesus when he comes back. And again, every all of our children's book has this kind of a pause where we long for more, where we, in our healing, in our pursuit of justice, in our creativity, find a limitation in what we can do on this earth. It says, you tried to use your gifts to create, but it often felt unfinished. You had so many ideas, but not enough time, energy, and money to complete it all. Creating for yourself left you feeling empty. That is why I made a promise that one day I will come back to complete, uh, to bring complete beauty and restore creation. And so when I think about our our creativity, there's limits to it. Um, I have so many ideas that I can't that I can't do. Uh, maybe it's because of ADD. I have like a hundred ideas a month. I'm like pitching to my friends, to my interns, you know, like all these ideas. And they just seem so accessible because of my time, because of my energy, because of my focus. And I, I know that if you're creative, you just you just are always compromising. Like you want to write a film, but instead you you take a photo. You want to complete a story, but instead you write a blog, right? You want to build a city, but you settle for uh, a blueprint because there's just this, this sad lack of resources. I went to uh, Barcelona and we there's a famous artist there named Gaudi. So there's a museum of of not only what he's created, but all of the things he longed to create, these amazing models of architecture that that he never got to. He spent his life building this cathedral that are, is still unfinished and then a few other buildings. And, and you just hear the longing in his voice as he writes in this museum, if I only had more lifetimes, if I only had more resources, the beautiful things I would make. The beautiful things I would make. You know, Tim Keller in his book, Every Good Endeavor, opens with this really, I think, tragic story of a, of a painter, of an artist. And he, 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 he envisions this beautiful tree that he wants to make. A detailed, you know, you can see the veins of the tree come up. And he starts drawing 
a leaf, but he's he's kind-hearted. So every, so as he's drawing his leaf, his first branch, throughout that process, different people would come to him with different needs, asking him to carry something, asking him to travel for a business that they can't attend, asking him to help with their children. And because he loves his community, he's always distracted and going to help different people. And then his the tree that he envisioned painting is unfinished and he dies with just a few leaves on the canvas. But when he goes to heaven, the first thing he sees is this um, lush forest. And in the forest, he sees one tree and it's exactly what he wanted to paint that he, he couldn't get to. But now he can like hold the whole trunk of the tree in the middle of a forest of trees. You know, when I think about the new earth, I, I'm a dreamer. Um, <laughs> I, I have more, maybe more passion for music at times than preaching, but you, you, you wouldn't want to hire me as a worship leader. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll fall asleep and there are, there are dreams where a whole orchestra is playing and I'm conducting the most beautiful music. And as I wake up, the layers of sound start to disappear and I'm clinging onto it until it's one melody line as simple as jingle bells, you know? And, and, and I think if you're a creative, if you're a dreamer, there's just this gap that we cannot... Um, walk through between what you envision and what you love making and what you wish you could have time developing and the reality of paying bills and what's practical and what you can actually accomplish in a lifetime. I think Eden and the new earth, you know, doctors are unnecessary because our bodies are perfect. Pastors won't be preaching God's word because the word of God will be in front of us. Judges and, um, and policemen won't, will be obsolete because the great judge is sitting on the throne and our hearts will be made whole so we don't, have, we're not, we, we don't hate the law or offend it. We love it and we live by it. But creativity in heaven, we're, we will all create. We will all create. And the things that you see in your mind, hold on to them. The hearts, the things that your heart longs for, the music that you want to write, keep them in your pocket because one day when you're on the new earth, you'll have all the resources, all the time, all the inspiration to do the things that you love. It says you'll build grand cities where everyone will have a home. You'll dance and the waves will keep rhythm for worship of me. You will have all of eternity to complete your art to reflect my beauty. You'll sing hallelujah with all the angels and nations with different languages coming together in one cosmic harmony for my glory. It will be me and you getting to color the world together in shades you could never have imagined. You know, it's going to be hard to um, I, I think writing these books has allowed me to walk into the new earth, you know, has allowed me to walk into this new 
space that Jesus, when he comes back, he's remaking this earth in its physical reality with phys- with physic laws. We're going to have new bodies. And we get to live the way we were meant to live, um, where we're not surviving, where we where we get to um, do what we're most passionate about. And so I hope that you would long for the new earth with me. And as you see it more and more clearly, we would be able to allow God's kingdom to come here as it is in heaven. I hope that our our church would be a church of creatives. Um, Part of why I wrote this book and uh, why we started this little nonprofit was to release and to give vision to so many more of you that God's put creative works on your heart and our church wants to see those erupt and um, and be used for his glory to reach way further than we could in any other medium, right? There's no other medium that will be able to reach the people we could reach um, outside of film and photography and storytelling. God, I just thank you so much for um, this beautiful church. Uh, I get, you know, I'm probably one of the least creative uh, people in in our church, but I'm so grateful that I get to um, use the gifts I have to build the team, an amazing team, to write these uh, beautiful books. And I, I pray that it would give vision uh, for so many people at our church um, that you have called to create that they would create for you, Lord. They would tell your stories. They would point at your beauty. They would show the the ugliness uh, of sin and death in the places that, that those uh, reside. And that we would all um, hope for a new earth where we get to create in ways we can't imagine, where we get to pick up a paintbrush and, and paint a sunset with Jesus, uh, where we get to craft a mountain in in a mountain range where we get to uh, create different forms of life maybe with you, uh, new plants and animals. Um, God, we just are longing for the day that you come. And until then, allow us to create with the limited resources we have to make uh, the beauty that we want to see one day. We love you. Um, We're thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen.